0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
1: We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for
2: everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ.
3: And a very good afternoon, and I have to get used to saying that. It's a brand new time for Dog Speed with GRNZ. Midday is our new time. I'm heartened by the fact that I did have a text saying, where are you this morning? Even if it was from a family member, but nonetheless, somebody was looking for us this morning, and they found us now at midday. Welcome into Dog Speed. I'm Mark Rosanowski. With me today is Elizabeth Whelan. Elizabeth is the uh, Chief uh, Operating Officer officer of greyhound racing new zealand and pleased to have elizabeth for several reasons uh, she's a lot younger than me we have two even younger guests today and uh, chloe watson and dan roberts and we'll be checking in with dave here as well so i don't feel alone in my uh, 50 plus club elizabeth very good morning to you speaking
0: of 50 plus club a happy birthday for tomorrow mark it's good to see that you're only here doing some work you know the day before your birthday i have tried to
3: forget a little bit, but <laughs> hey, thank you, nonetheless.
0: Uh, look, I'm in off the ballot uh, this afternoon here on Dog Speed, but later on today we do have a bit of an exciting announcement in terms of our new co-host going forward. Mm. Um, again, a big thank you to Andy McCook for all of his amazing work the last few months. Obviously going to be super busy coming up for him. Um, going forward, because Trevor Wilkes will be hanging up the binoculars on a Thursday. I think it's about forty-three years that Trevor has been calling. Yeah. Um, he's one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. Just not in, not just in greyhound racing, but in life actually. Um, so looking forward to catching up with Trevor there uh, on Thursday in Christchurch.
3: Yeah, I hear you going down, which is great. I mean, it's a great night of racing. Plus, of course, so it's a very special night with Trevor, and um, also, of course, um, the uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm heading down there with a whole heap of uh, commentators and presenters. We're sort of having a, an impromptu commentator's day, if you like, there um, to um, just yeah have a good time with Trev, basically. And we're having a dinner for him uh, tomorrow night, so looking forward to that, too. And then, of course, Thursday. Um, now, uh, Elizabeth, is, is quite a bit of information coming out this week from Greyhound Racing New Zealand and something that's dear to my heart and of course to most people in the central districts but I think around New Zealand as well because Wanganui's been a very important track Hatrick Raceway, it hasn't been in operation since September but we do have uh, a fairly significant update this week
0: Yeah we do and as you say it's an important track for everyone because it is um, the track which was hosting the most Group 1 races around the country um, it's been closed since the 23rd of September last year under um, the track safety concerns since then we've brought in a range of experts we've had a number of reports so looking at both um, economic viability of rebuilding the track, but also in terms of actually, hey, is this a good idea? Can we get it up to the requisite safety standards? I guess the key things over the last couple of months is finally there have been those restrictions open in terms of trans-Tasman flying, which means that we've been able to have Professor David Eager from the University of Technology, Sydney. He's renowned as one of the world track experts and also Scott Robbins, formerly with Greyhound Racing Victoria. They've come over, um, they've been there a couple of times now and they've looked at Hattrick really closely. They've provided their track reports to Greyhound Racing New Zealand and um, then early last week our board met and based on those recommendations from Professor Eager and Scott Robbins, they have unanimously decided to renovate Hattrick Raceway. Um, so that's obviously the two-turn track that was previously in place. And then in other news, and this is really exciting for us, and I think I, I don't think everyone should be excited, is they're going to be building a straight track um, on the adjacent thoroughbred racecourse.
3: Mm, that throws up a whole lot of questions, especially for someone like me, who yes. uh, presumably will be commentating. We'll see. It's <laughs> still a few months down the track. Um but uh, it's a very different style of racing and it's brand new to New Zealand. Of course, we've seen it um, on, on television. You've seen it live, I understand, straight track racing at Hillsville?
0: Yeah, I've been to Hillsville. Um, it's from a spectator, spectator's perspective, actually on track, it's not easy. I'm not gonna lie. I tried watching a race halfway down the straight. I tried watching it at the starting position. I tried watching it at the end. and. Um, that, that's difficult if you're a punter and you want to actually know where your greyhound is. That's going to be one of the really key things is working closely with Trackside to get those camera positions right, to make sure that it's still a good viewing experience for customers. Um, I do have um, you know listed here a bit of a question for you, commentating, Ooh. because these days, Mark, on a Wednesday, you are calling out of the studio, so I guess you're getting accustomed to calling off a monitor. Mm. So you know, for you, if you're putting in your wish list, do you want a new commentator's box or do you envisage <laughs> yourself uh, calling off the monitor from your usual um, stand there at
3: hand. Oh, I think that might be the most logical thing. That's just me thinking right at the moment that that mm. would be the most logical thing. Um, I guess it depends exactly where the straight track is situated and whether there's somewhere we can we can use over at Wanganui now and 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 yeah, you know, so obviously i'm I'm not privy to that sort of information as of yet. It's going to be quite fascinating. Um, I've called in some difficult situations, uh, Domain which was actually my first gig, the non-totes, I had to call them head on, so the finish line was head on to me, which was virtually impossible. <laughs> and I relied on the judges. Um, to sort of give me a signal as to who might have won, um, and I've also called uh, dragon boat racing head on, and that's tough. And sorry,
0: sorry dragon boat racing. Dragon boat racing. Uh, how did this happen? That's another story.
3: Well, yeah, uh, it was just a, a gig that I that I picked up when I was in Canterbury. Okay. Um, and it was I, I worked with Jim Hopkins, who was a magnificent broadcaster, and that was fantastic because he filled in all the gaps. And there's a lot of gaps because you know the dragon boats aren't coming at you very fast. Greyhounds <laughs> will be. So um, look, it's got to be it's got to be um, yeah something brand new for me. Um, obviously um, watching it uh, at Hillsville and Capella Bar and the other straight tracks that we see... you know, I, I think I'll be able to call it off the monitor, but it's yeah, it could be a bit of trial and error.
0: Okay, that might be one less uh, project that we have to build there. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, things like photo finish links operators as well—that's yes. going to be really, really key on the line there. Um, a few things still up in the air: grass track versus sand track. Um, really, obviously, Capellaba, um grass track—totally different climate there. We're talking Queensland, yeah, it really rain. But I do know that that's um, in discussion at the moment. So grass
3: track is a what? It's on the table. Series. Okay, because I would have thought it would have been just sand loam things. Yeah, no, no discussion, but.
0: Yep. So that that's it is something that's being considered, um, and construction for both of these tracks is basically going to commence as soon as possible. So I know we've discussed it before, but I guess the main, you know, things that we're relying on here are the availability of labour, the availability of materials. But we want this up and running as soon as possible, as safely as possible. Um, straight track is a really um, ticket item for us that's that's the reality of it and um, that's not the reason why we're doing it but it was mentioned in both the 2017 Hatson report and also the 2017 sorry the 2021 Robertson review so um it's really important and I think it's also really important for people to know if they're listening straight tracks won't necessarily end at Oomanui yes we're doing this first here but it doesn't mean that we aren't considering installing them in other places as well obviously places like Canterbury the most populous dog region population in, in New Zealand
3: are you privy to any information in terms of betting on straight track racing in Australia, and whether it's um you know solid, whether it performs as well as as betting on two turn tracks, etc.?
0: I think one of the keys is going to be time slots. Um, if you look at some of the straight track racing over there, um, it's pretty average in terms of where they're positioned timing wise. They usually bump to Sky Racing Two, um, whereas if we're talking hat trick on a Friday night. Um, very different because we are talking normal sprints, and again, it's going to come down to that customer experience how well it actually visually looks on TV. I think is going to help. But time slots, how it's going to look, working in conjunction with Tab Corp in Australia as well, trying to get the optimum positions on Sky all of that stuff's going to be key for turnover.
3: Um, look, I heard you talking on the mail run yesterday with, uh, with uh, Michael Guerin, and you know, the way, way things are in the world at the moment, it's impossible to kind of put times on anything. Is there a ballpark figure of when we might be able to get this done, or is it just impossible to tell? And it's a case of, hey, we're starting, that's great, yep. and it'll finish when it finishes.
0: Um, I think it's safest for me to say the latter. In an ideal world, the lofty dream is within a few months, we'd love to see it up and running. And when I say up and running, I don't mean straight away 12 race cards. I mean, you know, initially starting off with some trials, making sure that the track's better and that kind of thing, because the last thing that we want is to you know, create a straight track, bring back trick and then have, have injuries early on. We want to make sure that everything's right before we start running full programs.
3: Is there anything else to cover off on Hattrick? Because uh, you have got quite an impressive list there uh, of other things that you can uh, bring up <laughs> with uh, Elizabeth, which is good. But is there anything else at this stage that we need to say uh, about what will happen in Wanganui?
0: No, I think it's just a case at the moment of waiting and seeing how long it's going to take. But that—that's the main thing. Is that it is definitely going to be happening, and I think that's going to bring a lot of relief to our central districts trainers in particular. Yes,
3: yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um. What's next on your hit list? There is G R N Z uh, chief operating officer. <laughs>
0: Um, look at the moment. Um, obviously, we are under constant pressure from the media. That's standard. I'm after six months in the job now. I'm realizing six months today exactly. I think it's my anniversary. Oh. Um, I think that's just going to be standard, part and parcel of the job. But it's, it's just making sure that we are present in the media, making sure that those accurate stories are out there. Um, A lot of people will probably be aware that a petition to ban commercial greyhound racing was put to Parliament. It had about 37,000 signatures. Maybe that sounds like a lot, but hey, in a population of 5 million, there's a lot of people that didn't sign that petition. Um, We've made a submission. We've also requested an oral hearing. It's quite a lengthy submission. It's available to view on the Parliament website, and over the next few days, i will also be putting a link up to it on our GRNZ website too, so it's easy for people to have a read um, of what we've replied.
3: My own personal belief would be if we um, launched a uh, petition to... Um, protect uh, our rights to, to to race greyhounds and to uh, to love the greyhounds as we do. Um, that we could possibly get comfortably more than that, but anyway, that's just uh, my own personal thought.
0: Could be a bit of fun to start.
3: Yeah, uh, yes, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, uh, awards season sort of coming up. You got a got a few things to talk about. Awards.
0: Uh, we've got you locked in as MC, I think. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seventeenth yep. of September. That's our um, annual awards night. We've also got an animal welfare workshop on during the day I'd encourage people to attend that our participants it's free we've got some really good guest speakers and also speaking of awards our youth award has been going really well this was the brainchild with Sarah Clausen, who does a great job on the Jaren Z board every month we're awarding a young participant under the age of 30 with $500 um, and so far we've had some really great names who've already won this Maddie Hamilton, Ella Cole, Riley Evans, Corey Steele and most recently last month Rianne Farrell she's only 13 years old um, she's doing a great job. It was great to catch up with her last Sunday at Manuka. She, Her love for the dogs, you can just see it so clearly. She took me out um, to the car park to meet some of her favourites, and she is exactly what we need in this sport, and I love seeing young people coming
3: through. Mm. I, it's so heartening, honestly, to see that there's so many people coming through, youngsters. Some of them are family-related, others aren't. Um, very interested to, to hear their stories, and one of them we're going to speak to very shortly because... When I was a young man, all I wanted to do was to own a greyhound, and obviously I had to wait till I was 18, um, owned my first greyhound, got my first winner, first start, and that was with uh, the late Ray Edcock, of course, training. But the person we're going to speak to very, very soon, well, she actually trains the greyhound to win at the age of 18, and I think that's just truly phenomenal. And it is uh, Chloe Watson, and we are going to be chatting to her right after this on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. (laughs) And you're with uh, Mark Rosinowski and Elizabeth Whelan this morning, and we have something a little new as well today, because we are now at midday through until one o'clock. It does mean that we um, are about the time that uh, the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club cranks up at Manuka on a Sunday afternoon. And they've got 13 races today. The first of them is at 12.32, the second at 12.52. So our plan is to take those races live. The commentary is with Aaron White and we'll talk about those races uh, soon. In race three, incidentally, is a dog called Bailiff Bailey, who's trained by Chloe Watson, our first guest this morning. And uh, a fortnight ago, I was uh, in isolation, did the show in isolation. And was able to lie on the couch legitimately all afternoon and watch Monica. It was good. Okay. And yes, and, and the most exciting thing about the day for me was a young trainer training her first ever winner, and it was Chloe Watson. And Chloe, you're joining us this morning. Very good morning to you.
4: Hi, good morning.
3: Afternoon, I should say. Sorry, Elizabeth, yes. I've done it already, so <laughs> I've got to get used to, to, to being midday on.
0: A good afternoon, Chloe. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. And I've got to ask you, first ever winner a couple of weeks ago, did you expect to be getting a winner so soon as a trainer?
4: Uh, no, definitely not. Um, I did expect him to kind of come in the money with a placing, but the win was definitely a nice moment. So, mm-hmm. no, it was a big surprise and a nice one at that.
0: And look, I know that you're incredibly busy as well. You're not just greyhound training. You're also managing a retail store in market. you are also got a side hustle walking greyhounds.
4: How do you fiddle this in? Um. Uh, not, not well. <laughs> Very tight <good laughs> schedule. <laughs> um, I only work four days a week. Um, I'm 10-hour shift. Uh, I, I managed to get a couple of days off. I don't really have a, a day off to do anything. I just kind of do all my, my little things that keep me busy and, and greyhounds is one of them. So.
0: <laughs> and obviously you come from a family of greyhound trainers really. Um, what is it that you love about the dogs? Why is it that you've decided to get involved?
4: Um, I've been with them for, for so long now, um, Hayley's been training for probably like 9 or 10 years, so I've just grown up with them, and they're just amazing dogs, too. they love it, you know, and it's just nice to see them enjoy what they do, and, and when they move off, you know, it's definitely sad to, to see them go into a home, but it's always fun to see their journey and have, watch them grow, and, and to evolve into a, what an amazing dog they are now. <laughs>
3: Chloe, you mentioned Haley there, and that's your your auntie Haley Mullane. Yes. Um, so let's 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 work this out. Your mother, I believe, is Haley's twin sister, Grace. Grace, yes, <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Okay, it's um, it, it's amazing. Obviously, you help uh, Haley and, and her training partner Emma Potts, and you are actually up against them today in race three uh, with Bailiff Bailey in Box Seven, and um, they've got a runner in Box Number Two. Is there a bit of uh, friendly rivalry there on the on the property?
4: Uh, they're actually um the the races are actually sisters so uh, between them there probably is but between you know me and hay and ems it's always just good support and and seeing each other go around
0: <laughs> I've, I've got to say chloe the last couple of times i've been at manukau and i've known hayley for a while i got very confused because your mum and her they're certainly identical um i guess you've obviously <laughs> grown up around them. have you ever got confused or, or not so much
4: um funny you say that actually the other day I got a little bit confused looking at the back of them and then uh, my mum came around the corner and I was like oh that's my new in there and she was like no (laughs) so on the odd time but no normally it's quite good (laughs) yeah
0: and I understand that you've actually got a pet at home as well you've got who Bobby who um you've taken on uh life after greyhound racing
4: yes yes I do yeah very spoiled
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like they're all spoiled, but you've got uh, two runners in today, (laughs) Chloe. I'm interested in your thoughts on both of them, how they might go. Race three, number seven, Bailiff Bailey, uh, is uh, well on the market. Um, It's quite a tight market, but uh, third favourite at the moment, or certainly when I wrote down as well. And um, Look, last week she got off the lids uh, quite nicely from out out wide, and uh, look, the winner kicked away, quite a nice dog, and uh, Loch Ness Bray came through and ran second. But what did you make of Bailiff Bailey's run, and what do you expect from her today?
4: Uh, yeah she always pops the lids quite well and, and I'd like for her to be drawn in a bit um, closer to the rail which would have been a bit of a plus but as long as she can kind of get out and stay out of trouble she should be in the running for a nice placing at that so fingers crossed she gets around safe and can just yeah, stay in front of out of those lids.
3: Now I see she had her first couple of starts um, for the Mullane-Potts combination that we've talked about was that simply because you were waiting to turn 18 before you were uh, able to, to officially <laughs> train her?
4: Yes, yeah, pretty much. Um, no, she was um, under Haley's training, like teeing off, and then um, when I got my chain licence, um, they gifted them to me as my first sort of couple dogs, and which is quite nice of them, so uh, very appreciative.
0: And uh, later on this afternoon, Chloe, you've got teeing off the dog of provided you the first winner. a race seven at number seven. I love these numbers. Um, how do you think <laughs> he'll go today? I thought he went a really nice second behind Mintaz, who we know is a very fast dog last start.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm loving the preferred box starts for him because he, he gets what He really needs to draw out, out wider. Um, and having him drawn inside of a, a wide-running dog isn't too much of a worry for me. Um, so he has a tendency not to jump, so hopefully he just puts his best foot forward and can get out those lids and stay clear.
3: A bit of money for him, Chloe. Um, you're allowed to officially bet now. Um, do you like to have <laughs> a, a wee wager on your dogs?
4: I, I do have a, a few um, bits here and there, yeah.
3: <laughs> um, and second last week behind uh, Mintaz, that dog looks, uh, looks very promising. So, um, off, the, off the back of that, you have to take some confidence into today.
4: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm very, very um, stoked for this run last week and, and hoping he does the same today and, and can stay clear. So, yeah.
3: Now, obviously, um, you know, with what you've told us, you, you, you're pretty busy. Um, but uh, you, you've, got, you know, you've got four kennels at the moment. Would you look to, to, to build that up? How do you see your future in the sport?
4: Um, I'm definitely just a, training as a hobbyist and, and always going to have a full-time job to guarantee myself a wage and to make sure I can support my dogs. But, um, yeah, I would love to get some more kennels in the future and, and hopefully train a, a couple more numbers would be awesome, yeah.
3: Excellent. Hey, um, Chloe, congratulations on that first win. Uh, it's, a, it's a great story. Thanks for coming on. And I know you've already been on um, SENZ <laughs> uh, as well. And um, you uh, continue to train winners. And, and we look forward to, to mapping your progress.
4: Perfect. Thank you so much.
3: Cheers. thank you. That's uh, Chloe Watson. She's live at Monaco at the moment. And her dogs are race three, number seven, Bailiff Bailey, $3.80 when I last checked. Uh, race seven, which is actually the SENZ 1476AM uh, PDB Sprint. Uh, that is uh, number seven teeing off, who was into $2.80 outright favouritism there in race number seven on the card. Now, Elizabeth, before we go to the break, um, we're going to take two live races today. Mm -hmm. Aaron White's commentaries of races one and two for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. And I'm kind of keen on your assessment and around those races. First one is a maiden sprint. Um, and uh, the second one is uh, Class 1 over the 318, with a couple of scratchings, 2 and 8. 9 goes to two ten goes to 8. So 12.32 off the other side of this break. We're going to take that live commentary. What are you thinking about in race number one? Because I see that the money is for Loch Ness Bray, who's certainly racing okay, but a 26 start mate.
0: Yeah, just keeps coming in as well. Uh, open at $4.50 this morning. She's now into $3. I've got to say, I was... Uh, this morning, I was up early on a Sunday, I was doing my uh, video replays this morning, checking them out. I particularly liked her run for second. Um, I was on track that day. She le- she led out early um, and did a really good job on that occasion, Loch Ness Bray. So I know she's a 26 start maiden, but she's come close. In terms of times as well, she's done pretty well. Um, I personally, financially, I'll be cheering for not sure. Um, I actually went out and backed her this morning. I went to the Batoni TAB, um, as I do or Cathy there, who's who's fantastic, and it came up with large bet elution. I and I said, that seems weird, and they said, we need your TAB account number, I thought, okay, and then it came up with 9,500, and I said, I'm sorry, wow. what, so I'd accidentally ticked uh, times 100 Ooh. on the bet slip, so we quickly <laughs> uh, rectified that situation, I see that she's been on the drift, so she's up to $2.70, she's also, she's also down 0.7 of a kg today, she's quite a little greyhound, she's only around the 25 kg mark. Um, she's had two starts so far. I really liked her run for third on debut. That was a, in behind Cool Faces, a dog who's gone on to win again since then. Um, she does have really good early pace. What I found though in her first couple of starts, she's got she's got a wee bit crowded early. Um, the first start off box six, um, that happened. I, I don't know what time she's actually capable of going, but she's well bred. She's a daughter of thrilling Boris and thrilling Cassie, so I would expect her to be quite strong. And I think off box one today, if she can get a clear run, I think she's definitely capable of leading
3: throughout. Okay, no good. Nice analysis there, um, Aaron White's numbers by the way, are three seven one and five. He's with the uh, Pippa Lotta, uh, from quite a nice litter that Pippa Lotta. I thought she might go a wee bit better in uh, in Auckland than she has uh, so far. Twenty two start maiden Aaron, and she's been around there eleven times. But uh, Aaron offering a bit of each way value as he likes to do uh, in race one three seven one and five for him. We'll talk about race two a little later. We're going to take a break. Then we'll take the live race, and then off the back of that, we're going to have a chat to uh, to Dave Fahey, Dave and Jean dominant in the heats of the group to Canterbury Futurity uh, last Thursday and they have a red hot chance of taking out that feature race on this Thursday a premier night of racing that also features the South Island champs we'll talk about that before the end of the show as well and of course the Canterbury Futurity Sprint and the Ray Edcock Memorial Distance as well but for now we'll take a quick break Back on the other side of the race. Elizabeth Whelan and Mark Rosinowski in the cheers today. And we're breaking new ground. We're going to take uh, race number one and two uh, out of uh, Monaco today because we now start at midday through into one o'clock. That allows us to do this. Auckland Greyhound Racing Club in action. And um, race number one sees uh, number one, not sure, out to $3.20. And twenty cents and three twenty now for Loch Ness Bray. So they're uh, joint favourites. Barrel Maker, $3.50. Um... Irish Colleen has to be the uh, omen bet after last night, Ireland beating the All Blacks, but um, she's at very long odds, 50 to 1.
0: Um, I actually can't believe that I didn't back Ireland again this week. That, <laughs> that will teach me. A little bit of money late here for the three Pippa Lotta, who we were just talking about prior to the break, now into $6.50 and one eighty five. Aaron's
3: top tip, so three one five seven for Aaron. Uh, race number two, uh, Elizabeth, I'm interested in your thoughts there. It starts at 12.52, scratchings of 2 and 8, 9 and 10 both get a run.
0: Mintaz is such an exciting looking greyhound. I think he's just going to go up through the grades.
4: It's a nice litter, that.
0: It's a really nice litter, and I just think with respect to the other dogs in the field, I think he's going to be too fast to them. He's already won there in 18.49, and he's won in 18. 55 i've actually got a share in a dog at the same race and i think he's the only one who could actually cause a potential problem for Mintaz, not in terms of um ability with, with all respect to steve Sharp, but just in terms of the fact that he does like to use up a wee bit of the track and he's come up with box five i thought he was a bit unlucky last start I think a $1.65 um, top three Steve Schardt is probably better value than the Dodge twenty-five on offer for Mintaz. That's just, uh, me personally.
3: Yeah. Hey, um, he was unlucky the other day. Steve Shouted at Cambridge. He nearly got clear, and that would have made a big difference. Obviously.
0: Yeah, and he can show a bit of early pace. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go with them early. Mintaz is an explosive out of the boxes, but uh, when he gets into his work, he's just he's, he's pretty exciting.
3: Yeah, now looking forward to that. That's race two, but it's race one we concentrate on now. The collars and leads are coming off. We're about 20 seconds away from a start. They'll go bang on time here. So we're going to link up with Aaron White for his commentary, his description of race number one, the follow Auckland Greyhound Racing Club on Facebook. Sprint for the Maidens, over 318 metres. first line
2: called forward. Irish Colleen, Carpy, Winston, Creaming Soda. Boulder Bonfire up on the outside. Loch Ness Bray, number five, 320 L. Fixed odds favourite, Barrel Makers 350, the one not sure. At uh, 385, 50 about Pippi Lotta, 750 the six creaming soda. Big money, the other three Greyhounds and the first on the card. First of 13, we are locked and ready in for the first time. The City of Sales, our new Loop Lua, about to run to the 318-metre boxes. Set and ready. Good luck with your investing through the day. Ready. Racing, not sure is on the journey nicely here, up over on the outside. Loch Ness Bray, Irish Colleen's up there too. They're followed then by Barrel Maker, Pippi Lotter as they come off the back. Bowl uh, Bonfire, carp by Winston, out the back. Creaming Soda as they come for home here. Barrel Maker, Pippi Lotter's uh, two lengths away, and Not Sure down the outside. Barrel Maker, Not Sure. Loch Ness Bray, then Pippy Lotter. They were followed by Creaming Soda, Irish Colleen, carp by Winston. Bowl Bonfire, the last in around 19 seconds. Barrel Maker, barrels across from box number seven, found the rail coming off. So
3: Barrel Maker takes out the first call there of uh, Aaron White, one of uh, Phil Green's charges there at uh, Pocono. Win number uh, one at start ten from the uh, Droopies Marco Sally Litter, one or two have kicked on from there, uh, Phil's folly. Uh, Not sure there, uh, Liz, just uh, drifted off, Uh, did everything right early on, just drifted off across the top, and, and once balanced up, came again.
0: Yeah, that was a tough watch. We need a few more
3: more pages (laughs) there for not sure, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, But, um, no, probably worth following through there on on not sure, and maybe from a wider draw, I don't know. But um, she, uh, early on, uh, was certainly making her own luck. So that's race number one, with Barrelmaker the winner. Seven beating the one and the five, Loch Ness Bray, another minor placing for the greyhound who was taking the money. We'll uh, pick up race two, the Sports Bowl Function Centre Sprint Class 1 at 12.52. For now though, we're going to have a chat with uh, Dave Fahey and um, Dave and Jean had their uh, team out in force, uh, as you'd expect, for hits of the uh, Premier races last Thursday and of course we've got a massive night, Premier Stakes uh, final night for the South Island Championship Canterbury Futurity and the uh, Canterbury Futurity Sprint plus the Radcock Memorial Distance brand new race. Um, and that's this coming uh, Thursday, also Trevor Wilkes' final uh, night as a commentator after 43 years. He, there with the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club. So Dave Fahey, we welcome you in. Uh, a very good afternoon to you. Yeah, how are you, Mark? Liz? Very, very well, yes. And Liz in as well.
0: Uh, good afternoon, Dave. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. First of all, I've got to talk to you about a Palmer superstar. It was so great to see him back at the track on Thursday. How's he been the last couple of months since his break?
1: Yeah, you know, he's um he's itching to go again. He's um been jumping out of his skin, and yeah, he was he was probably a bit, but he's definitely underdone for other heats. And but I was really impressed with his recovery. He recovered real quick, and um he seems really bright now as a button after the run hasn't bothered him. But I do expect that that run to really improve him for this That's week. That's
0: great. That's terrific to hear because he's gone thirty thirty three there on Thursday. Um. You're saying you're expecting some improvement. Just how well do you think you can go in the final?
1: Yeah, well, um, he, he could definitely win it, but um, the draw will be, will be interesting for the other for our other runners. But um, yeah, no, he can definitely win it. But uh, Wayne's on fire at the moment, and he's hundred percent fit and raring to go, so he's got to be awfully hard to beat.
3: Yeah, certainly. Um, Dave. Um. Apawa Wayne was the fastest hit winner, 30.07. Apawa Superstar, 30.33. Superstar did have the fastest lead-up, though, 5.90. 5.97, uh, the uh, other two heads. Um Just just on Wayne, um, he seems to be able to do it from anywhere. Um, Dave, do you want to see him draw inside or, or, or outside?
1: Um, yeah, one, two, or even eight's good for him as well. I wouldn't yeah. mind either of them in box eight. <laughs> so they both got a good acceleration, and yeah, they could whip around easy enough.
3: Mm. Um, look, it's always hard talking about these races with, without the draw. But on balance, given Superstar's
1: only had the one run
3: back, do you kind of see as Wayne as the dog to beat at this stage on Thursday?
1: I definitely lean towards Wayne and uh, this week, yeah. Let's talk about uh, a power yeah, with I wouldn't underestimate him. <laughs> no,
3: indeed. Well, that's the thing. We can't yeah. underestimate yeah. a power with Superstar because of uh, what he's done. In the past, and, and, and the ability we know he has, um, his his sister Aparah Chrissy, Dave. It was a, a real thrill to see her back winning again. She clocked thirty and thirty in her heat. Were you expecting that?
1: Uh, she's been yeah, disappointing, all right, lately. And she used to be a really good box dog, but she's now she's so keen to go. She's clawing at the um, lids, and uh, she's been missing it a fair bit. But no, it was great to see her jump to the front, and um, yeah. She's not quite the dog she was. Just I thought she'd be, but yeah, hopefully she might be on her way back.
3: Mm. Um, Opawa Gina was second in that. Finds the line quite strongly. She'd probably need a wee bit of trouble in front of her. Do you think to to win a race like the Canterbury Futurity?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. But she's really honest, and she's hardly out of the money. She uh, she surprised me in the Oaks. She jumped to the front there, and but Charlotte Lou was just too quick for her. But um, you know, she is capable of coming out sometimes. Box one would suit here probably.
0: And Dave, after this Thursday, in terms of targets coming up, we've got the New Zealand heat of the Nationals on the 11th of August. Are dogs like Opaba Wayne and also Opaba Superstar, are they greyhounds where if they won the New Zealand heat, you'd consider taking them over to Australia to Wentworth Park?
1: Yeah, definitely those two are, are pretty, uh, pretty competitive, I think. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll be putting them in definitely, yeah. Fantastic.
0: And um, look, Dave, I know that you and Gene always have a number of good dogs coming through. So while we've got you there, are there any nice greyhounds up and coming that we should be keeping an eye out for?
1: Um, there's a couple, but they're not named yet. Actually, uh, <laughs> reading will be fine. <laughs> give, I mean, give us, give us, give us the rear brain, Dave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple out of a of Pippa going good, and um, yeah, there's some nice young ones there, like a power like dragon and a power warrior. I'm pretty um, happy the way they go and they look like they're going to be really nice dogs next season
3: They certainly do Dave um, Look you um, have, you and Jean have, have dominated the Suck It Up Canterbury Futurity, you've got uh, five qualifiers um, We mentioned four of them, Milky T's in there as well of course and she's used to making uh, big race finals as well uh, in the South Island Championship, Craig Roberts has done the Faihi there. He's got uh, five finalists, but you've got a pretty genuine chance in in Dembe. He was second to Melville Bale in the heat. How's he come through that? And what do you make of his chances in the final?
1: Yeah, he's as honest as they come, and yeah, he really deserves to win, a, or even getting the money in a race like that. Um, he's just a good, really good grafter, and uh, yeah, lovely dog to have around. And he's in, and in- career best form as well, so.
3: Yeah. He is too, yeah. Um, good luck there. And the Canterbury Futurity Sprint, um, yeah, Jack Hart might have a bit of a stranglehold on that. However, um, you've got a couple of nice qualifiers there. It's better as a Heat winner and, and Chatty Mavis, who went through second. How do you think they'll go against Master Portos and Company in the final?
1: Um, Chatty Mavis is, um, she was like the fastest box dog we've ever had, but she, she's not coming out now for some reason. But if she picked the jump, she could yeah, she could be the, the ball over maybe.
3: Dave, it's better, it's better. Had to do it quite. That was, that, yeah. was a, that was quite an impressive performance to actually get up and win. I mean, the time was seventeen fifty five, but the actual effort was, was terrific.
1: Yeah, she um, she's real, she's really honest as well, and um, yeah, she occasionally she can jump. So yeah, she'll need to do that in that field.
3: Well, Dave, we wish uh, you and Jean all the best this coming Thursday, of course, uh, Premier Stakes night, and uh, in that uh, Canterbury Futurity, it, it's, it speaks volumes when a power superstar might go in as your number two in that particular race uh, to a Pawa Wayne, and then backups like uh, power Chrissy, a Pawa Gina, and Milky Tea. It's uh, it's it's truly remarkable. So all the best for Thursday. Thanks very much, Mark. Cheers. That's uh, Dave Fahey, part of the All Conquering Sefton team. Uh, now. We are going to be having a chat to Dan Roberts very shortly. Uh, Dan is uh, Craig Roberts' son. Craig has got five finalists through to the South Island Champs. Dan's been away in the USA for three weeks. Quite keen to hear about that. He has been known to drive a harness winner, uh, so we might see where he's at with that. And, of course, he's got his own team, which just quietly went really well while he was away. They were trained by Craig Roberts, and Craig was joking that he actually funded uh, Dan's trip. So, anyway, all of that, plus race two from Monaco coming soon here on dog speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. And we are in the home straight. We've still got another race to bring you. We're going to take uh, race number two out of uh, Monaco Stadium, for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. That's due to go at 12.52. The uh, Sports Bowl Function Centre Sprint, Class 1 over the 318 metres. We are previewing the uh, Premier Night of Racing at uh, Addington Raceway for the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club this coming Thursday. Group 1 Rose and Thistle South Island Championships have been dominated by the Craig Roberts Kennel and Big part of that operation is uh, Dan Roberts. A uh, very good afternoon to you, Dan.
5: G'day, Rosso and Liz. How are you going?
3: Look, very well, and uh, so's your dad's team uh, and yours for that matter as well. But let's concentrate on the uh, South Island Champs qualifiers. The uh, first heat was taken out by Melville Bale, he's already been a, a Group 1 winner. Um, he was very good. He won in a 30 and 24, Dan. But, uh, gee, he's quite alarming early, isn't he, from box number five. He had a vacant box to his outside, but he still wanted to, to, to veer out of it.
5: Yeah, he certainly does sort of angle right straight out of the boxes. But um, if he if he cops a bit of a knock from anything outside of him, it sort of straightens him up a wee bit. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure why, why he has that tendency. But, yeah, no, he does go right out of the boxes, that's for sure.
3: You probably wouldn't mind uh, box eight in the final, like with the uh, St. Ledger.
5: Yeah, I think, I think that would be ideal probably for him and, and, and more so for our other four runners as well if they manage to draw inside of him.
3: Yes. Well, um, you had two other qualifiers out of that heat. Um, Money Spinner was third. He, he, look, he's four years old now. He doesn't win out of turn, but um, he was he was honest enough to get through.
5: Yeah, no, he's earned his spot in the final, and like you say, he's just, just turned four a month ago, so it's a good effort for a four-year-old to be competing at that level, and... Um, and and making Group 1 finals. It's hard to see him probably troubling them in the final. He'd need a lot to go his way, but, yeah, he's earned his spot nonetheless.
3: Dan, when we spoke yesterday, um, you gave Oberon Bale a bit of a write-up. He finished fourth and and squeaked through to the final.
5: Yeah, I was actually quite happy with his run. Um, I thought he would be really underdone, but he he found the line well enough, and I just thought that he would be a massive improver uh, from that run, and I thought... If he could manage to fluke an inside for he could could be worth a wee place there.
3: In the second heat, Dan uh, Talbingo Bale, who's gonna be a um, a very short price favorite come, come Thursday, clocked at twenty nine and ninety six and it was just business as usual for him.
5: Yeah, I, I think in my opinion he's somewhat cementing himself as uh, as the king of Addington. Um I think he's had about twelve starts for ten wins around there and uh I think he's broken broken the thirty second barrier on eight of those occasions and to do it on a night like, like a cold night on Thursday, it just shows how good he is.
3: Clearly the dog to beat in the final, although hopefully he doesn't draw to the outside of Melville Bale. And Bahati Bale was your uh, your fifth qualifier there. She battled away bravely.
5: Yeah, she sort of had been just going fair her last couple, so it was good to see her bounce back to some form, especially in a Group 1 heat. Um, I was quite happy with her run. Obviously, she just doesn't quite have the measure of cal- Calbingo Bale, but she was good nonetheless.
0: Dan, you're actually on holiday until recently, um, but you're obviously all over the form again, very, very fast here in New Zealand. First of all, what was the holiday like? Secondly, have you been able to ease back into it, or is it straight back into the Greyhounds here?
5: Um, the holiday was great, and uh, no, I had a, had, a, had a great time over there, and uh, obviously it's summer on that side of the world, so I managed to escape the cold for a wee um was a bit of, an, bit of a reality check when I came back and the first morning there was a, a doozy frost. So um, <laughs> straight back to reality. I was actually quite quick when I got home so luckily I had a, I had a couple days to stay in bed and sort of reset before I had to get straight back into things.
0: You always need a bit of recovery time after a holiday. Hey, look, Dan, the other reason that we've got you on this afternoon is we're super excited that you've agreed to be the new Dog Speed co-host with Mark Rosanowski. So this might be your last unpaid gig with us, and uh, as of next week, we'll be welcoming you aboard.
5: Yeah, um, it's it's a real honour to be considered for that role, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, the incredible thing here, Elizabeth, is that in 1990, I uh, did a a Greyhound radio show on Plains FM, Community Access Station, That's still going down there, uh, with, with Dan's dad. Uh, Craig Roberts, so uh, I've survived a generation, I'm pretty proud of that.
0: I suspect that I was just born, I was three years old, Dan, I suspect that you definitely weren't born by that point, so <laughs> it's good to see you uh, carrying on the tradition, um, following your dad's footsteps, footsteps a wee bit there, both in the trading side of things and also now the broadcasting side of things.
5: Yeah, definitely, um, He's he's been good to learn off in terms of the broadcasting and that, but 1990 I probably wasn't even considered at that stage, so it's going back a few years. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: No, well, I was actually living with your dad when uh, when uh, they uh, they had their firstborn, which was uh, Melissa, of course. Aaron White uh, in just over a minute will give us the call of race two. His numbers in race two: six, 10, uh, five and four. Six red hot favourite Mintaz. looks a very progressive greyhound at a dollar and twenty five. Dan, we'll uh, have you on next week. Look forward to catching up. Might even talk about your uh, endeavours in the harness racing uh, game then as well. But until next week, we'll bid you farewell for now. Good as go. Well. Thanks very much, guys. Dan Roberts there, son of Craig, who's got five runners in the Rosen Thistle South Island Championship on Thursday. Any late thoughts here, uh, Elizabeth, as we build into the last minute, into race number two, while obviously Minta is the dog to beat?
0: absolutely the dog to beat look I've got over my disappointment now from race one (laughs) um look are we still cheering for Steve Shout this is an incredibly special greyhound I've got to say um it's the last litter actually that Steve Clark bred before he passed away so really privileged to be involved in this greyhound for this friend Eddie Matthews uh, Sean and Steve Codlin and also Steve's two daughters so Love to see him go a good race here. He can show up at a bit of early paces. kido name's Brutus. He's certainly got a bit of that about him as well. So hopefully he can show up early. He's at nines and $1.75 on fixed.
3: Makes him clear second favourite, Yes. Uh, even at $9. <laughs> but uh, yeah, might be a nice top three play. Start a multi with him. Steve Shout, they're about to load up. So let's get on track. Our caller at Monaco is Aaron White for race two.
2: Runners about to come forward for the uh, Sports Bowl Function Centre Sprint. $1.25, dollar Number six, Mintaz, to run our favourite. Five, Steve shout at nine dollars. Twelve dollars about the four. Live streaming. Blitzing Star, big time. Marcy, Steve shout. Commissar go four. Big time Gucci. Live streaming. Mintaz, Grumpy Jock up on the outside. Race two, Sports Bowl Function Centre Sprint. Lure to the traps. Sitting ready. Mintaz, our hot favourite. Ready racing on the journey okay mint as goes through its gears now to go to the early lead grumpy jock from the deep coming across and big time gucci's up there they're followed by commissar a bit of uh, concertina ring into the first turn blitzing stars well back with steve shout they followed live streaming and big time mossy they come for home and mint as all quality mint as to beat uh, commissar big time gucci and steve shout they were followed in by blitzing star further back was live streaming Uh, Back in the field then to Grumpy Jock, and big time Mossy to be the last. Around 18 and 40, so... So
3: that's Aaron White's call there of race number two, uh, Mintaz. Pretty exciting young dog out of this thrilling Boris Trevita uh, litter. Uh, Jared Udy and uh, Nessie Cotton trained this, now won three of four, and uh, was able to clear them, Elizabeth, pretty quickly from box number six and put a space in...
0: He's got another good time as well. I uh, had it balanced up at this stage, about eighteen forty something thereabouts, which is just terrific for the screyhounders. Uh, now three from four. Um, the seven has worked home nicely, Commissar. Um, Jake and Day's bell, they've been Putting in the hours, doing some travelling lately, and it has been paying off with the side, yeah. uh, winning last time. Mark, that's the golden rule, isn't it? For it for is. The and you yeah, know the amazing
3: <laughs> thing so is, I very really have the volume up, so I'm quite quite concerned that it actually was. So I, I've done it's that. Clearly, someone
0: who's not time. listening to the show as well.
3: Well, that is that is a that is a <laughs> concern, isn't it? That's very disappointing. <laughs> um, I do have friends outside of greyhound racing, not okay. me, All but right. uh, no, I do have some. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was one of them. Um, last two minutes of the show here, uh, Elizabeth. Obviously, uh, a very big week for a whole lot of reasons. Premier night on Thursday that we talked about earlier, and you're going to be there for that. And of course, Trevor Wilkes, farewell. Commentators' Day tomorrow. If anyone's able to tune in on a uh, on a Monday, there's a few of us there going to have a go out of Addington, which would be nice, and we'll just um, have a have a have a good day with Trevor. Who's um, yeah, you know, he's been a man who's given us um, a great deal of great service. I, I can't ever remember like. Trevor ever being late or, you know, he hardly missed a meeting, that's the thing, Like he hardly missed a meeting, um, let alone a race or anything like that, he was always on time, always courteous, always amiable, always able to have a chat with him and um, and if you needed something, uh, Trevor would uh, try and do it for you.
0: Um, I agree with everything you've just said and as I said earlier on, not just in Greyhound Racing, in terms of ever, he is simply one of the nicest people that I've ever met, he's an absolute gentleman. Um, Really sad that he's hanging up the binoculars, but it's a thoroughly deserved retirement for him. Um, Really looking forward to catching up with him on Thursday. And um, Andy McCook, like the last few years, he's evolved both as a presenter and in terms of a commentator. I was really glad when Trackside took him on full time. And um, he's worked incredibly hard to get this opportunity as the Addington commentator. He'll be busy, though. A lot of race meetings down there. Yeah, well,
3: he's calling uh, the harness at Addington today. And, um, of course, he unfortunately had to give up this show because otherwise he'd be working eight days a week instead of seven. (laughs) Uh, So that's obviously quite tough. But next week, we're going to have Dan Roberts, as we mentioned earlier, joining me, and I think his dad might even come in for the first one as well. That'll be a nostalgic uh, journey for us all. Elizabeth, um, thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciated the update around Hattrick, but all of your information as well there uh, across the show.
0: Thanks, Mark. I'll be looking forward to tuning in from the couch next week.
3: Okay. I look forward to having you back again soon, though. I do hope that has been Dog Speed for this week. Until next week, at midday, Dog Speed to you.